Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Pastor Roby, and I'm here with really, he's one of our favorite guests we have on. He's not really even a guest anymore, is Daryl Jones. And today we're talking about dealing with disappointment. And uh, you're going to hear some of uh, Daryl's story, which is just, it's always entertaining with Pastor Daryl. But also, um, part of what we're talking about today is coming out in Pastor Daryl's book, Why Lord Why. Is that right? Why Lord Why. Why Lord Why. You can get it on Amazon. On, or you can go to Pastor Daryl's website, daryljones.org, D-A-R-Y-L-Jones.org. Go there. You can also pick up his book there. You're going to mm-hmm. want to read that. So pick that up, Why Lord Why by uh, Daryl Jones. But you're going to hear a little bit of, of uh, some of what that's about. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the tagline for the book? The tagline is finding hope in a world of hurt. Yeah, so that's pretty relevant right now. Yes, so, it is. Yes, it hope. is. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is this is all a God thing. This was worked on and kind of almost finished before the COVID, you know, uh, shutdown. Yeah. And then once we were like, well, you know what? I think we do need to get this edited. I yeah. think we need to get it going and just just finish it up and get it out because of just the craziness, craziness and dealing with all that this pandemic has. Um, manifested. So yeah, to speak. for sure. I yeah. think that's a God, it's definitely God timed. And so, um, if you're listening and you've ever felt disappointment, if you've ever felt something yeah. where you're like, God, I'm struggling because this is not how I saw my life going. Yeah. This is not what I wanted from my story. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. this, there's this disappointment mm-hmm. when things happen in our lives and knowing how to move past that, yeah. knowing how to embrace that, accept that is a challenge, but we're going to hear from uh, Pastor Daryl today. So let's mm-hmm. just start with this. Maybe uh, walk us through your story yeah. and yeah. how God has, has kind of walked you through that in your life and then kind of what he's taught you through that. So so take it away. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And uh I hope you know this this can encourage some people and help some people when you're working through your own personal disappointments and how to how to how we grow through it and even looking back we can see God's hand in it. And for me as I was sharing with Pastor Roby, uh you know, I've had ups and downs overall to be honest, I can't, I don't have much to complain about, man. I, I I gotta say God's been good to me. But as human beings, we have disappointment because disappointments come from when we have hopes and dreams, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, it, it changes. And I, I'm gonna give some some cliff notes, but then I'm gonna go to some serious points as I got a little older. But you know, uh, part of my hopes and dreams was God had gifted me as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And first off, I thought I was gonna be Steph Curry. I was going to the NBA. I love basketball. I worked hard. And my junior year of high school, football took off. I had a couple of issues with my feet, trying to get them healthy for basketball season to try to make a run at the state championship. We were number one in uh, in the state in basketball in Texas. And my coaches pulled me out, and I had good news, bad news. Good news was because of my junior year of football, my head coach told me, I'll be able to pick any school in the country. I want to play football. Great. You need to quit basketball. You're done. Mm. And I'm like, no. No, and I cried. I literally cried. It felt like I cried for two hours debating how I need to play basketball, and that hurt. Now you may sit there like that sounds so trivial. The thing I'm a 16 year old kid mm-hmm. with hoop dreams, and they're shattered. I'm being told by my coaches that that's that's over. That part of my life is over. Where I, from from I can remember, 
I was all basketball and I just played football for fun with my friends. And yeah, football was taking off. And that's one of my first moments. Okay. I was able to come to grips with that and understand, okay, well maybe they know better. And I, I had some good people in my life from coaches and my dad. And I was like, you know what? We'll just go this route. And then I get to UM and um, I'm living my dream. You know, I'm, I'm on TV. I'm playing big time division one college football. And you were highly, highly and recruited was, yeah, in Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, a, a top five recruit in uh, most rankings. I was the number one receiver uh, coming out of the state that year. And uh, and so I get to UM and I'm, I'm the first one to start. I come in with this, you know, with these guys that nobody knows, like Reggie Wayne and Santana Moss. You know, that's that's the joke if you just listen to because these, <laughs> these are some of the greatest players to play the game, you know. And uh, I was the first one to start, you know, and then by middle of the year, we're all playing. And then our sophomore year, Santana just becomes unreal. Now I'm the third guy. And it's like, no, no, he's that good, you know. And uh, then our junior year, they asked me to red shirt. And I'm like, hold on, that's embarrassing. You know, and uh, my dad and I prayed about that. I mean, have you ever, just since then, I mean, usually it's a freshman that, a yeah, true yes, freshman yes, Richards. Yes. Have you, I don't know that I know of another scenario I of a don't, junior. Of a non injury. Okay. I have never heard. Sometimes when somebody gets hurt as an upperclassman, they can take a red shirt so they don't lose that year. Because once you play, once you play and you're considered active, you can't redshirt after that typically. Uh, well, you do get one redshirt year, but after you get playing, you typically don't redshirt barring some kind of injury where you can't play well I could play but it was a strategic move for the school because uh the anticipation was that both of those guys would probably leave early then they would have one more year with me and then they would be left with freshmen and sophomores and they wanted some a veteran presence uh we had another guy named Andre King who also you know was was a veteran and so they didn't want to be uh in a sense left with just these young guys and um so ironically they're redshirting you because yes. of your value that they yes. wanted to pl- have that, two more years from you yes. after these two, you know, you know, NFL, future NFL superstars yeah. yes. uh, go on. So, yes. so let me just back up a second. Yeah. You're growing up, you're obviously gifted as an athlete. You're um, a track star. You're playing, I mean, high level basketball. You're, yeah. you're, you're uh, l- helping to lead a team yeah. that's going to States in yeah. Texas. Um, but you're also, then all of a sudden you start playing really high level football. Yes. So, your, but your love, your first love is basketball. So you feel as a teenager, and yeah, you know, obviously as an adult, you look back yeah. and you're like, you know, it's easy. It's easy now to be it's like, easy yeah, now. come on, you know, it's all right. You're, you're 16. That's it, your it, world. It man. turned out okay for <laughs> yeah. you, Daryl. You know, but really, when you're young, when you know that is pretty devastating. That's yes. devastating. Yeah. So you get that, and they're but they're steering you like the consolation is, but there's football, and so you yes. throw yourself into football. You get highly recruited out of Texas. You go to UM. You're finding success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, especially in those, I mean, that yeah. era of UM, I yeah. mean, it's, you know, one of the best programs in the country. It's still the best program. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. In it's general, still the place to be. It's, it's, still the, place it's to the place be. to be. Um, but, but then they ask you to redshirt mm-hmm. your junior year and you're wrestling with it. I mean, that's gotta be a blow to the, to it the, is, it is. And, and for those that may be listening or watching it, they, you don't watch football. Let me explain it to you. When I say embarrassing, it's freshmen who are not ready to play college football take a redshirt year to prepare themselves to get ready to play at that level. So to be a junior, you've been playing, you've been on TV. I I had game-winning touchdowns, you know, and to be asked a redshirt, that's embarrassing because you're looped now, you're grouped with the guys that are not ready to play. Yeah. You know, uh, and then to make matters worse, my coach, and I say worse, I'm talking about during the moment, 
uh, I had to travel. Redshirts don't travel. I had to travel to every game. I had to dress for every game. I had to warm up for every game. And then they would put my helmet up, and I would just stand on the sideline and watch them play. Wow. When you want to play. And then there were games we lost that I felt like had I played, yeah. I could have helped us, you know. Yeah. And uh, those were tough, man. And I was wrestling with that. You know? So and you knew the Lord. I mean, your 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 parents are godly oh, yeah, people. Yeah. Your dad's a pastor. Yes, yes. What was your question to the Lord at that moment? Because I mean, again, for your life, when it comes to athletics, yes, it's like you could do. That no was my wrong. world. That was my world. Yeah, that was my world. And and, and he's continually. I mean, you just yeah. had favor. Yeah. I mean, just continually. What are you? I mean, what's that like with the Lord? Right there, and in those moments was really, Lord, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing now? One of the reasons I was able to in a sense, accept that uh, red shirt was because my dad and I, we made a list. And the only con for me red shirting was my own pride. Wow. I thought I was better than. And I said, if pride is the thing that's going to keep me from red shirting, I have to reject pride. That's yeah. not that's not Christ like. And I was like, man. And and so while I'm on the sideline watching my brothers play, and work hard, and I would do everything I could in practice, I was able to embrace it to say, okay, I was able to recognize God is doing something. I have no idea what he's doing, but this has to be a God thing because I can only control what I can't control, and that's my attitude and effort. Everything else, I really don't have much control over. And I and that was one of the early moments in my life, and this is what I'm like, what, maybe, maybe 20 years old at this point now, and I'm starting to learn I don't control as much as I think I do. Mm. You know, and it was in that. But th but uh, and let me fast forward a little bit. So now, and we joke about this recently. I was on the phone with, with Reggie Wayne and Santana Moss. So they have phenomenal junior years. So my anticipation is they're going to leave and the show is mine. And then they stay. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to go to the NFL. You're supposed to be first round picks and leave it to me. I'm supposed to be the guy now. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the veteran presence. And all I got is this little freshman guy named Andre Johnson and nobody knows. <laughs> and we know what Andre Johnson is, you know, future Hall of Famer. And, but then we have another great year and we should win the championship. And we, the, the, the BCS did us bad and whatever. And we didn't get it done. But because next that, year, that had to be what also what got you through is, okay, this is humiliating, but yeah. um, I know I'll have my two years. I know I'll have and my two years. And then they return. And then they return. So that you don't get those two years. Okay. I'm like, I, I felt robbed a little bit, you know. Okay. And we joke about this. This is something that we laugh about. I was like, y'all, I'm still mad at y'all because you should have left. Uh, but it, it worked out. It worked out. And and this is part of the, the process, the journey, you know, with the Lord. And and so now, this is one of my biggest disappointments now. So up to this point, now if you remember, I keep saying it's my world. Somebody may be listening, think football, think my hopes and dreams. My I was gonna build my livelihood. I want, you know, I want to have a family and be able to provide for my family, and I want to play in the NFL. And I had all these things about what I wanted to do with my life. And so now my senior year comes, I'm the guy. Through spring ball, I get all the passes. Dorsey throws me every ball. In the summertime, he throws me every ball. The first game of the year, I catch the first pass of the game. And then I have an injury, and I miss half the year. Now, at this moment, I am sold out for Jesus. I've gotten, I've gotten married. My whole life is to be a witness and a testimony to Jesus Christ. And now, for my first time in my life, I had injury where I can't play the game. Now, I've had a little nagging stuff, but through Little League on, I could always play. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? I have sold. I've given everything to you, Lord. And now you're snatching my dreams from me. 
And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because now I got this wife. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm on track. I, I had graduated, but I had no idea what I was going to do with a business degree. I just got my degree. Honestly, parents, this is the truth. I got my degree and my grades were pretty good. So my mom and daddy wouldn't be mad at me. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I'm like, what am I going to do with a business degree? I, I want to play football. And then I maybe own a business or something. I'm going to buy a Taco Bell or something. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like God snatched it from me, you know? And so I thought back from the red shirt year and I'm like, okay, I can only control, I couldn't control this. Wow. And so how, and this one I said, okay, I realized in the moment I said, and this was doing 9-11. So all kind of stuff is crazy. We had 9-11 mm-hmm. happen during this season, 2001. And I'm reckoning, I'm saying, okay, God is doing something. Something is happening. And it hit me. It was like the Holy Spirit tapped me on the back of the shoulder. Like he knocked me on the head and said, I want you to show your brothers in this locker room. How does a Christian react when you don't get what you want? Wow. And so from then on, I was the first person to every meeting. I was the first person on the field, the last person off. I just helped. I helped. I helped however I could serve. I was like a player coach on the sideline. And then I think God rewards me. I get healthy. I come to play. Can we just stop for a second? Yeah. Because that's a big nugget you just said. The witness part, years later, now I'm called, I'm preaching. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff in there as well, how God was working on me, even during my NFL days and, and me answering my call to preach. But I had two former teammates from that 2001 season comment to me, I mean, what, 12, 15 years later? And they, and they say that they watched me and my walk with Christ impacted their lives. And now they go to this church, their families, their kids, and I'm sitting there like, whoa, like brought me to tears. And I'm like, hold up, what? One of them, he said, he said, and he, one of them was a first round pick. And he says, you didn't know I was watching you, but I was watching you, man. Wow. I wanted to see, how, and he said, and how you responded. And I'm like, man, I was, I would, I was, I was, I was really doing it for the Lord. Like I was trying to live for the Lord. I wasn't trying to, I don't know. I wasn't trying to be noticed. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying. It wasn't for a show. I was just living for the Lord. And I saw God will use you. And it's it's helped me even now to where like, even when you don't know it, God will use you in a major way that you never expect. Just, just, just be faithful. And those are the, those are the two you know of. Yeah. You know, those are the two I know of. Those how, are the two I know of. Yeah. yeah. And how many more, you know, did, did God um, impact through you? I think sometimes as Christians, all we, in a reference to God, we think that a sign that God is with me is blessing. Yeah. Blessing, blessing, yeah. blessing, blessing, blessing. And then, a, so then when there's something that seems like not a blessing, something hard, I think sometimes then we wonder what went wrong. Yeah. Did I do something wrong? What did I do? Is he doing something wrong? Yeah. yeah. It, because we don't see the hard part as a normal part of God working in our life. And, and the way that scripture addresses that is it says, uh, don't, what does it say in Peter? It says, um, it says, don't be surprised when you face trials of yes, many times. That's good. In, in James, it says, count it all joy, joy. Yep. because it's building yeah, endurance. It's building in you. So the scripture actually warns us, Hey God, yes, he wants to bless you, 
but part of the blessing will yes. be walking through difficult times. And yes. when we know that that is going to be one of the ingredients, that at least takes the shock out of it mm-hmm. and at least takes the confusion of, is something gone wrong? Yes. And we just say, yes. no, this is part of how God operates in a fallen world. It's one yes. of the ingredients yes. that he puts yes. in. You connect yes. with that? Yeah. yeah, I love it because God uses these things, these ingredients as part of the bigger picture of what he's doing in a fallen world that's connected to salvation history and how we are a part of that, his mission in the world. And um, that was one of the things, and it resonates with me so much with the writing of the book, but even beyond that, of getting to, we need to make sure that we seek to know God. Right now I'm preaching through Colossians. And one of the things that keeps jumping out, jumping out is early on and then even in the middle, he, he keeps re- referencing this knowledge of God and us growing in the knowledge of God's will. You know, and it's it's the you know, the words he's using is it's continuous. It's, you're not you're not gonna arrive. We just grow a little more in understanding it and knowledge as we continue to seek him. You know, I love the way you said, you know, that, that Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good. That's such a common um, you know, verse that people quote. Yeah. But I I love the way you pointed out that it doesn't say all things are good. Yeah. It says all things work together work for together. good. And yeah. and that when we're walking through those moments that are not good, that's where faith comes into play. Amen. If everything Amen. was clear, yeah. if everything was like, oh, I see why he did that. I see why he did that. I know where we're going. Yeah. If everything was good, this is good, and then this is good, and then this is good, I would need no faith. Exactly. And he says, without faith, it's impossible to please, please God. God. And so we've got to know there's going, this is a faith journey. There are things that yeah. are going to be hard. There's yeah. going to be things that we don't understand, but we have just got to stop and trust. And so um, we're, we're wrapping up here, but I just want to finish part of the story here, uh, Daryl. So um, part of what God did was he watched, other people got to watch you, you through that difficult yeah. time. And I yeah. think that's profound. I yeah. think, Christian, don't miss the opportunity don't miss it. of the don't witness you can be through your suffering. Don't miss it. But the other thing is, so you, you went, um, you, you eventually got drafted. You played for the Giants and then the Bears, Bears and the Vikings. And Vikings yeah. So played for five years. Yeah. And a total in the league four, but credited three. I'm just being technical in case sure. you watch. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, but you're, you're playing for yeah. uh, over the span of four yeah, different yeah. years. Um, and then you get called into, uh, you feel the call to become a pastor. Yes. And you get called in the ministry. And, and, um, that, that's a, another story for another day. But <laughs> let me ask you this. Do you think that had things played out differently in college, if you got drafted differently, do you think that that would have given you pause in your calling. I mean, do you, you see know, like part of that for that I, I think about that so often. You know, I think about that uh certain decisions if 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 certain plays had happened. You know, there, there were times um in it, I give an example. The second play of the game when I was with the Bears in 2004, I run out and up. The DB totally bites on it. When the quarterback gets ready to throw it to him, he gets hit. So it's short, it ends up being an interception. I'm like, what if he didn't get hit and he didn't throw it to me? That's a touchdown, 80 yards. You know, it happened again two weeks later against Green Bay. I beat the guy on a deep post. This is going to be an 80 yarder. I'm sports center, baby, right? He gets sacked. And I'm like, why did he get sacked, Lord? Like, that was, that was <laughs> why, a. Why, Lord, why? In, did in he get Green sacked? Bay, you know, like, why did you let him get sacked? He could have he he thrown that ball, you know? And th- these things, and I, I think about that. And then I look back and said, no, no, the, the God had a different track. Because I was like, maybe I would have been delayed. I, I've even talked to one of my best friends who's a pastor, and, and he answered his call to ministry 
at age 19, and I told him, man, I'm a little, at one point, I was a little jealous. I said, man, I wish I'd just answered my call early, man. Just I wasted all this time playing football, you know? And then I thought, I said, you know what? What I've learned is, part of that journey, I was every day in the NFL pretty much during practice. And I'm going to say during the season, starting during the season when I was with the New York Giants, from then on, every day at practice was some kind of Bible study with me and players. Mm -hmm. They would ask me quick. Every practice, every time. Mm -hmm. And God was, that was part of the journey. God was using me. And I wasn't a star, but I was on those teams to be a witness. You know, I know um, many, many guys who did their career in NF in the NFL. And then when they were done, they went into the ministry. Mm -hmm. But your story's different because yeah. God called you out of football. You actually yeah. said, I need to stop playing football now yeah. and go be, respond to the ministry. And so the point being, to kind of circle back around... God has a a dream over mm -hmm. each one of us. We just and it's a better dream than we have for ourselves. Amen. And and also, Christian, one of the most encouraging things you've said to, today, uh, Daryl, is be aware that you can be a witness and sometimes man. the most powerful witness mm -hmm. in in suffering. So, Daryl, thank you, man. Thanks I appreciate you me. as thanks a, for as having a me always. You yeah, thanks man. for having me. We, and we love, I love, and we at the Rock Fellowship love City Rev. Yeah, man. Appreciate so, it. hey, uh, why, man. Lord, why, mm -hmm. Pastor Daryl Jones? Go on Amazon, pick that up. That's going to encourage you. And uh, hey, thank you for joining City Rev Life podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.